0: Hi, friends, and welcome to my show, the Mind Body Musings Podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that deserves all the attention in the world self love and empowering your life by taking ownership. You know how I always talk about being a victor after being a victim. Well, Ruby Framon has the best story to share, tons of stories to share about her life and how she has learned to shift everything that happens around her and inside mentally, how she can change her world and really take ownership and create the life that she she dreams of. So Ruby Framon is a coach, catalyst, and igniter. As an expert in self-love, she helps people break through the limits that are holding them back so they can design lives that they will have them saying F yes. Ruby empowers her clients to shift into the belief that they can have it all without sacrificing a thing. She's a cheerleader, a supporter, and she isn't afraid to call you out on your own BS. What makes Ruby a truly dynamic coach is her ability to blend together practicality with spirituality. This fusion helps her clients create massive life shifts that stick. Ruby is a beautiful example for everyone. I suggest that you go right now and follow her work, or you can wait until you listen to the episode and then go follow her work. But either way, you're sure to be inspired by the content she provides every single day. Before we get started in this interview, I have a review to share with you. And this comes from Dakota0311, and it says, Maddie Time with five stars. I found Maddie through Noelle Tarr from Paleo Women Podcast. I am so happy that I found you. Your podcasts are so inspiring and uplifting, and I hope you know of the amazing impact you've had on my life and many other women's lives. I will be shouting your name from the rooftops and buying your books. Thank you for making me realize that I am worth it. Dakota, you are so worth it, and I am so grateful for this beautiful review. Thank you a million times over for leaving this on my show. Um, it's just such, I, every day I wake up and I'm just, wow, I'm just, I, every day I wake up and I'm grateful and I know that I'm blessed to be able to have this job that I've created for myself. So thank you for saying, Hey, you've helped me and I appreciate it because that just Continues to increase my own excitement about the work that I'm doing. So, thank you. If you haven't left a review on the show, it's a wonderful free way to support it because every single review tells iTunes the algorithm, hey, this is a good podcast. Let's put it up on the ranks. And whenever I'm up on the ranks, that means that more people find me. It's not an ego thing, it's just so that I can get my message out louder and that rocks. So if you haven't left a review, head on over to iTunes, go to my show, click write a review, and then write one right there. And then you'll probably be on the podcast because I take screenshots of all the reviews and I just read them off in every episode. So do that and I'll do a shout out. So thank you for everyone that has done that. Um, Quick announcements. I still have two spots left for the Forever Free Retreat coming up here in Boulder, Colorado, September 29th to October 2nd. If you want to be one of the eight women invited into my home to have a transformational weekend of growth, workshopping, soul sister bonding time, uh, please reach out to me. Apply for the retreat on the coaching tab on my website. And I will reach out to you to let you know more details about the retreat, if I think you'd be a good fit. And if all is well, then you'll be here in Colorado very soon. And I would love to have you. It's going to be an amazing time. I, every day, I just get so, so excited knowing that this is coming up and I have a lot of things planned. I have some amazing people coming into my home to do guided workshops with you and It's going to be a collection of very incredible women. I already know the women coming and I'm so excited to have all of them so far, but also the workshop leaders that I will have come and speak. It's going to be incredible and there's going to be a lot of growth happening in the few days of of this retreat. So if you feel called, I say go for it. Go with the calling. Don't ignore it. And if you do have questions, yeah, of course, let me know. I'm happy to be here and answer them for you. Other than that, I just want to do another mention on my one-on-one coaching work. If you think a retreat would be awesome, but you want to take the next step and you feel that you need more personalized attention, you are more than welcome to apply for my coaching. I'm taking on three new clients now. I was taking on four and I have a new client, so I have three spots left. If you would like to be one of those three people, please apply. I work with clients for six months at a time and it's very deep transformational work where we get to the core of what is going on in your life. And we come together every couple of weeks to discuss these things, to make action plans, and to give you that gift that you deserve, the gift of self-love and freedom. That's what we'll be creating in our time together. Would love to have you apply for that and to hear from you. Always appreciate hearing from each one of you. So, without further ado, I think it's time to get this show started. So, let's head on over. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. I am so delighted to have Ruby Framon on. We're gonna be talking about so many important things that are dear to my heart, especially dear to her heart, like self-love, self-care, relationships, happiness, joy, all those beautiful things. I have been kind of following Ruby for a while now. I'm a part of one of her um, her groups on Facebook, a self-love group, and I just can tell, like, I can just tell the amount of caring that radiates from Ruby just to help people. It's one of the most – she is one of the most integrity-filled humans spreading the message of self-love online because I know a lot of people can come across as very – um Like, just sign up for my newsletter, sign up for this, sign up for this, and Ruby is very authentic. So I knew I had to get her on this show to talk about these things she's super passionate about, I'm super passionate about, so we're going to just jive. How are you today? How are you
1: in life? I'm so excited to talk to you, Ruby. I am so good, and I'm super excited to be here, Maddie. It's been, yeah, it's been like this weird, we've been connected through social media for a while, and it's so nice to actually connect outside of that now <laughs> yeah
0: it's interesting because like I had seen you you floating around but like I didn't really dive deeper into all the work you were doing and then once I did you're one of those people that I was like what the heck like how have we not jammed before because we have mutual <laughs> friends we have mutual interests and so I'm just really glad that we have the internet to connect people because you're just one of those people I'm super excited to talk to
1: and I'm super excited to be here
0: so the very first thing we do on this show is dive into your background, your story, how you got where you are today. So let's go over some of those struggles and some of the triumphs you have overcome and faced in your life.
1: Sure. I mean, I feel like that's like a super fully loaded question because there has been so much that has led me to where I stand today. I always say I live a life of no regrets and I have no shame and no guilt um, in regards to anything that's happened in the past because everything has led me to here. So um, my my journey has been one that was very chaotic. I think that's the best word to describe it. It just felt like chaos, chaos all around me, chaos all within me. And um, I was dealing with depression and anxiety almost my entire life since the age of 13. But back then, not many people spoke about it at that time, and so it wasn't something that was known. I just was very, very confused as to why I was feeling what I was feeling. I could go from, like, really happy to I really just wanted to die. And it was a really hard thing to deal with when you're, like, in your early teens, in your preteens. It's such a hard feeling to deal with because you don't understand, you feel like you don't fit in, and you feel like no one just no one gets you. So it was really lonely. And as I grew up, I just began to feed the loneliness through inauthentic friendships and trying to fit in and always trying to be something that I wasn't. And so the older I got, the more disconnected I felt from my true being. And at some point in time, I really just lost who I was. I was in a cycle of abusive relationships. Um, I tend to go for men who didn't treat me that great, uh, men who really treated me like crap, and I would stay. And that was really just a cycle for me. And it felt as though every relationship I got into was getting progressively worse than the last one. And within all of that, I also got into drugs and alcohol, and soon it became an addiction. And I didn't even know. I just thought that this is totally normal. People do drugs this often. It's totally cool. All my friends do it. So I'm okay. And it was just my coping mechanism because in those moments of, of being high and partying, I really felt like I, I didn't feel the sadness anymore. So that went on for a while and I would hover at rock bottom, I would hit it and then get back up and then hit it and then get back up. And it wasn't until I really hit the last rock bottom that I've ever experienced. And that was 2012. When I just found myself thinking, why do I keep ending up in this place? Like it's so familiar, I keep ending up in this place where I just feel like there's no, there's no hope, there's absolutely no hope for me. But the only constant in my life is me. The only thing that every single one of these experiences had in common was me. It's not these guys that I was dating. It's, it's not their fault. The drugs aren't just somehow ending up in my life. I'm choosing the drugs. I'm choosing the alcohol. So why am I making these choices? And that's when I realized it was because I really just felt as though this is what I was worthy of living. I felt though that was my life, and I didn't feel worthy enough of experiencing anything better than that. And I would just cultivate all these bad habits because that's what I felt. That That's the only possibility I saw for myself. I saw nothing else. And it was within that realization that I had the epiphany of like, well, if I can choose all these other things, then that means I can choose other things, like better things, like better people to surround myself with, better habits. I can choose to go on a different path. And so I started doing that and that was my, the beginning of what I call my journey to self-love. And the journey, you know, for the first like nine months was really tumultuous. I, I would be on track for a while and then fall off track and go on track and then fall off track. And I ended up getting a concussion because I, I decided I slipped and I, I went back to drugs. And I had a concussion. It was the concussion that really woke me up from the toxicity. And I thought, oh, my God, like that was a really close call. I need to just take this seriously. And so I just started going full throttle, moving forward, cutting out everything and everyone that didn't serve my highest good. Anything and anyone that didn't fit the picture that I had now begun to draw in my head of where my life could go. I started cutting them out. And it was really hard and it was really tough. Like I think a lot of people don't talk about how hard it is. And I want people to know, like it's hard. It's really hard to change your life, but it's not impossible. It's hard and it's ugly and it's messy and it's so, so lonely at times, but it's not impossible. And I just continued to do that. And as I continued to do that, I began to rise up and surround myself with better people and take on better habits and cultivate a deeper sense of love for myself. And, and that's what brought me to this journey of helping others is I realized like, wow, all this time I had the power to change all this time. I had that power within me. It was just a matter of choosing to tap into that power and staying committed. So if I can inspire and motivate even just one person to do that, I get so emotional talking about this because I, I'm i so passionate about it. But if I can just inspire one person a day to do that, to find that power within them, to find that hope and to find that courage to go on a better path, then I feel like my life is filled with purpose. And there's a reason that the universe placed me on this path of chaos. It was to equip me with the tools that I needed to help other people. So that's why I do what I do. And I feel like I just rambled on. <laughs> no, that was
0: perfect. That was everything I, I hoped that you would, you would pour out for us. And you know, it's so cool because you like in your bio even says like, you're not afraid to call out people on their BS. And I can mm-hmm. tell like, you've been given that gift because you've been there. Like yeah. you've been at the darkest of dark points in your life. So you're not afraid to call out up people and give them the tools they need to take control because yeah. that seems to be one of the biggest issues with everyone is the whole, like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And you've been on that side where you did that, but then you also <laughs> could feel the the transition of the minute you said, I'm in control. What what happened for you then? Like, you were able to see that that totally different shift, which is such a powerful gift you've been given now to help other people with it. I love it. Thank you so much. Of course. It's just, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about your, your childhood. Like, was there something growing up that kind of guided you into this, the, the, the darker days, I I guess I should say, or the days of the you know, when you went, started going into like depression and then eventually the drugs, was there something as a child that you were raised in a certain way or were you born just, you think you were just born with a tendency to have a lot of self-blame and be, uh, just depressed. Is that just in your, in your nature or was, were you kind of nurtured in that kind of environment?
1: Yeah, I love that you asked that question because, um, I think there's this weird misconception that we all have to have this tumultuous past to, to right. get on like a tumultuous mm-hmm. preteenhood and such, but it's not always the case. And for me, th- it was like a series of really tiny things that snowballed. So, for instance, I grew up in a phenomenal family. My parents have been married for over 45 years. Um, they are the epitome of love to me. And my mom is like the best mother I could have ever had asked for. And I strive to be like her. And my dad is so hardworking. And he's really like worked his butt off his entire life to give us his kids everything that we truly wanted. So we have been supported in terms of like financially and um, feeling that stability at home. We've been supported that way, me and my brothers. But where there was um, a little bit of, I don't even know what to call it, like not friction, but some sort of misleading message in my mind was, number one is culturally. So my parents were first generation here. My background is Indian. And so the cultural effect was very different. We come from a very modest um, heritage and a modest culture where, you know, we don't date and you don't, You know, you don't talk about your feelings and and those kind of things. I mean, things have shifted now, but that was how I grew up. But then add to it where my dad really wanted the best for us. And so if I came home with a B, it would be like, oh, great. Now, next time, go for the A Mm -hmm. in his mind and his intentions, because I see it all now, it was, he was just looking for the best in us. He just wanted the best in us. It wasn't that he was never proud. He was always proud of his kids. But what I took as a child was, I'm not good enough. And it's really interesting how little things like that, like seeds can be planted. And then I took that seed and I ran with it. And any experience that fed into the not good enough seed, I would take that and run even further with it. So when I started dating and I felt, um, you know, feeling not good enough for the partners that I was choosing with the friendships, not being able to fit in, being bullied in school and having kids really just make fun of me and, and say really mean things to me, not that fed into the not good enough. And it just continued to snowball from there. So My upbringing was really great. There was like a few minor seeds planted, but it was me who chose to like run with it and not focus on the other thing. And I I know that depression played a piece in that and depression can run in families. And um, even though it's something that we don't talk about in our family or we didn't talk about, we talk about it now, but we didn't talk about it growing up. It does run in the family. There are family members. I see it. I, I recognize it in them. So when you're a child and you don't understand what's going on in your head and then these little tiny seeds are planted, it becomes far too easy to just run with it because your mind tends to live in that negative state.
0: Yeah, I can relate I can relate to you on that as well because like, I also was raised in a very um, loving upbringing. My family, we're all so close. My parents are still married. My grandparents just so madly in love with each other. Amazing examples of love surrounding me, but yet my, I don't think, cause I, I, I can see how being from a completely different culture where it is so important to be modest and have a certain amount of grades, um, that could really just form how your mindset is. And I had okay. it on a different scale, a different degree, but still, I think I was more in the, uh, you must be in control kind of Mm. mindset where perfection was a a thing as well, but it wasn't them saying you need to be perfect. It was me interpreting things as that. And then feeling like I have to be in control and then the coping stuff starting and then taking it out on my body and like how I see my body. And, um, it wasn't like it, it was, yeah, it was, I take total ownership because it wasn't what they were telling me. It's how I was interpreting things and then as I got older, I was just like, hey, I'm kind of in control of these, the, the, my mindset. Do you think that that moment or those moments leading up to you being like, oh, I can take control of this, were you brought information? Was there someone that entered your life that helped you shift that? Or was it innate? Was it internal of you being like, ah, epiphany? Or was it like, you know, just a series of events of people and you, you kind of manifested a different mindset
1: on accident, not really aware of it. It was definitely internal. Um, because up until that point, I just chose not to see or hear anything that spoke anything different from what I was feeling, you know, like when you're misery loves company. And so when I was in that miserable state of mind, I surrounded myself with misery, I would choose to only hear the miserable things. You know, I never heard anything other than that. It was really, just I my inner self my highest self speaking to me and it was a series of those little tiny conversations going on in my head like first it was like I I found myself I felt like a broken record for the first time in my life I was like why me why me wait a second why am I saying this again and that was the first one and then it led to, well, if I could choose this, and I can choose different, which led to, wow, I'm choosing these things because I'm not worthy, which led to, oh, my God, I must not love myself. And the concept was so entirely new, but it was really just a series of thoughts that were coming to me in the midst of being so, like, Literally on the floor crying my eyes out for a week when I hit rock bottom that time and I didn't know what to do and I just kept hearing this inner voice speak up and you know there's, I feel like there's always a part of us, there's always this little, even if it's tiny, there's always this part of us that really wants us to push through. And if we can tap into that part, that's where the power lies and that's where we find the The motivation, even if it's super tiny, but that's where we find the motivation to push forward. Mm -hmm. And I tapped into that. And I'm so grateful that I I was willing to listen in that moment.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. How do you help people feel their feelings? Like, what if their feeling is, why is this happening to me? Like, my life is so shitty. You know, all these feelings. (laughs) How do you encourage people to both feel their feelings without um letting it letting them give up the ownership so like let's say example for an example someone is just you know was madly in love with someone and then the they got married and the husband turned out to be abusive and they got a divorce and the husband just you know totally screws them over and treats them terribly and faith in men is lost and got to get back on the feet, their own feet again and like they're bitter and upset and they've been taken advantage of. That person obviously needs to feel their feelings, feel things through, go through that mourning stage. But how do you encourage people not to get stuck in this place and be the victim and instead become the victor? Do they have to come to terms on their own first to be, to be in that spot, to be the victor? Or... Can they be influenced in that direction? You know, like, like I've, Gabby B says, you can't mess with someone's rock bottom. Mm -hmm. So I know there's some people that just aren't really there yet. They're not ready to overcome and, and become, take the ownership, just move on because they're still so upset. How do you
1: help these people?
0: How do you encourage them?
1: That's such a great question. So taking ownership is not easy. You know, I talk about it all the time, but it's not an easy thing to do. I always say it's the first step to everything because you can't begin a journey to self-love if you're not taking ownership for your, for the fact that you have to take care of your own self-love. You can't start a journey to personal development if you don't take ownership of the fact that you need to continue to grow. So ownership is really the first step. And to shift from that space of, like, why me and why do these things always happen to me into that space of, okay... I recognize my role in this. Here's what I need to do to change. That really is something that you need to come up with on your own. Like I can help guide people, but I don't actually work with people who are stuck in the why me mentality Mm -hmm. because they're not yet ready. So let's relate back to like think about a time in your life when you were singing that song, you know, why me, what was me? And what are you you doing sitting in that space? You're waiting for someone to save you. You're waiting for a magic button. You're waiting for a secret remedy. You're waiting for something that's going to fix this pain. But that something doesn't come along, yet you're still there waiting, and that's why you're stuck, because the something that's going to create change is you. So the moment that you recognize that you have this power, that's the moment that you begin to save yourself. Now, how to get to that space you know, it's a, it can be a series of seeds planted from other people, but it's really you taking the time to acknowledge what actually happened and then asking yourself, what was my role in all of this? And that's the tough question, right? That's the tough question is to say, what was my role in all of this? Because that's saying that, whoa, I actually played a part in this chaos. So if you can gather up the courage to ask yourself what is my role in this that is like the ultimate first step to beginning to shift your mind into a space of taking ownership because everyone plays a role now I want to touch because I I always have people asking me but what about things like abuse or what about things like you know something that someone did to me Mm -hmm. that was awful We cannot control other people's actions, thoughts, words, their behaviors, but we can control our own. So I am in no way condoning other people's behaviors by saying this, but when someone chooses to abuse you in that way or treat you poorly or do something to you that's really just horrible, absolutely horrible, acknowledge how you feel. And then that's when you're left with the choice. You can choose to continue feeling that feeling. Or you can choose to rise up and do what you need to do to heal from that moment and move forward. And that choice is yours. So what do you choose to do in that moment? If I chose to stay in in that feeling of being used and betrayed and manipulated by my exes, if I chose to stay in that place, I wouldn't be here today. I mean, I don't even know if I would be alive today, quite frankly. But I chose to, to take that step and try, just try to make something out of it and to shift myself out of that feeling. And so you have to find that desire within you because no one's gonna put that desire in you. No, no one, I can't do that. I'm a great coach, but I cannot. Place that desire in you mm-hmm. to change that has to come from you right mhm, and I believe that I believe that
0: you don 't get what you want, you get what you are, yeah, so speaking in terms of the relationship aspect, what did you have to become in order to get what you wanted? How did you have to change as a person to get the kind of relationship that you desire? Cause you are, you're married, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I am. Married. Well, congrats. That's so Thank awesome. You. I love reading your posts about y'all doing your fun little like day trips in California. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> but I'm sure there were areas in your life that you had to become a certain way or you had to, to grow into yourself, like along the lines of what we've been speaking about in regards to relationships. What were some of those things for you?
1: uh it was being grounded in who i am so actually knowing who i was so that was really ultimately the first step and and that's what i that's how i describe self love self love to me isn't self care self care is is one aspect of it but self love is really knowing yourself at the ultimate deepest levels knowing your truth knowing and understanding your values the things that excite you the things that upset you understanding the boundaries. And so for me, it was really just getting to know myself for the first time again and understanding what do I value in life? What do I need? What do I want? What excites me? And having that framework so that when I enter a relationship, I actually have an understanding of who I am. Because when you don't have that understanding and you enter a relationship, that's when you begin to like morph into what you think this person wants. You know, and I feel like a lot of people do this is they go into a relationship and then they try and fit this mold of what this other person wants because they so desperately just want to be in that relationship. So yeah. for me it was yeah right yeah. <laughs> So no more morphing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just find what it is that you are, find your truth and connect to it. So that when you enter a relationship, you're entering knowing who you are and if you do not match what that person is looking for or this person doesn't match what you're looking for you can walk away and that's okay. So for me it was really that and then learning to respect myself enough to set boundaries, learning to honor myself and understand what I will and will not put up with and that was huge for me. You know, it was huge because I had put up with so much and even now when I look back and the, some of the things that i put up with, I, I, it's just crazy to me to think that that was the type of woman I was. Mm-hmm. But you, you really have to un- understand what that is. Like what will you put up with? What won't you put up with? What is it that you truly desire? What is it that you want? And what is it that you need? Like what are your non-negotiables? And then once you know those things, you can stand a lot taller in your truth. And that's when you become... You start to become more confident because now you have this clearer picture in your mind of who you are and of what you want. So that would be the starting point. And then really self-love, it's an evolution. It's every day. It's not like I'm going to reach today and say, oh, my God, I've hit my max capacity of self-love. No, like I'm there. I'm there. You know, the clouds part, the unicorns come out. No, it's not like that. It's every day is a process, and every day I just strive to be better as a human being and more in love with who I truly am. And so self-love, you know, I always say all love begins with self-love, and that doesn't mean you have to be at a space of self-love perfection. It just means you have to be on that path where you prioritize your relationship with self so that when you enter a relationship with someone else, you don't forget about you.
0: Do you believe the quote about not being able to, um, how does it go? Like you can't truly be in a relationship unless you first love yourself or, you know, you can't fully be loved by someone
1: else until you love yourself. Do you believe that to be true? Yes and no. I think the, the language in that, I've heard that many times, but the language in that is tricky because you know, love expands and love grows. And if you think about the love that you share with other human beings, like your friends or partners, the way you love them on day one of saying, I love you is so different than like day 300, Mm -hmm. you know, or day 350, because love continues to grow deeper and it continues to evolve. So for me, it's like, you have to be in a place where you're willing to have that relationship with yourself and you do love yourself. It might be like the entry point of this supreme deep self love but you have to be there because if you're not in that space you will lose yourself Mm -hmm. you will lose yourself in some in some way shape or form in that relationship but if you have that seed planted within you and you enter a relationship that's great because then you can work on your self love as well as the love within this relationship at the same time but if you're not willing to work on the self love piece you're going to lose yourself Right.
0: Yeah. You you could become a chameleon. And, you know, I don't believe in black and whites either. So I love your answer. Just that like, yes and no. And I also believe that you're like you. I love what you said that love is expansive. And I feel like you can have a new understanding of love, looking at love through someone else's eyes and like mm-hmm. even being able to see how someone loves you can raise your own awareness of what love means. Like even looking at the way my parents love me. I'm like, wow that kind of love, it just like, it can't go away. They love me so much. And Mm -hmm. my understanding of love is like, wow, that's so powerful to create your own child and love them more than anything on this planet. Like that is amazing love. And then I look at myself and I'm like, I love myself like that, but it's cool to be able to have examples like that and, and see how love is for other people and add on to, to your own definition of your of love and like your own,
1: um senses of love. Does that make sense? I'm kind of like love yeah. love love That's- love. <laughs> yeah, it totally makes sense. And I think also like people forget that love and liking are are different too, right? So mm-hmm. you could there are days and I love using family because we can all relate to this. There are days where you absolutely love your family, your siblings, your parents, whatever. You love them all the time, right? That's consistent. So there are days where you like them. And there are days where you actually really dislike them. <laughs> you know, really. there are days where mm-hmm. you don't like your parents or you don't like your brother or you don't like your sister, but the love is still there. And that's the same for relationships. There are days where you really love your partner, but the likability might go down. And so to think about that with you as well, like with self, it's like you need to get to a place where the love is always going to be the foundation. The depth of the love will change as you continue to cultivate that relationship, but the likability factor is really what you need to be aware of. And on those days where it dips lower, like maybe you dislike yourself, then the question becomes, what can I do to like myself more today?
0: Mm, I love this angle. So when that's a question for you, if that is a question for you or for your clients, what are some of the answers? How do you build up that self-like?
1: It, you know It really starts with... Feeling good. Everything comes down to feeling good because when you're in a place of feeling crappy, you cannot shift. Like your mindset is stuck in this crappy hole and you can't get out. So what can you do really to feel better? So whether that is – I love physical activity. I say get moving. If you're not a gym person or a yoga person, cool. Go for a walk around the block. Do something to get your body moving because when you move your body – you are moving your physical vessel and that starts to shift the energy. So like do something to get yourself moving and whatever that is, make sure it's something that you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. That way you start to shift into a higher vibrational state and you start to shift your mindset and then you start to do things That what's something that's going to really make me feel better right now? Is it going to be like eating a healthy meal? Is it going to be like calling a friend that you absolutely love to talk to? Is it going to be reading this book? Do something. So get yourself into a into a healthier mindset. And then from there is when you can start to create more change and increase the likability factor. But at that point, you're already going to like yourself more because Mm -hmm. you've just done a whole bunch of stuff to get yourself out of that state of mind.
0: Right. And I, my background, I come from a very, uh, like disordered relationship with exercise and food and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And it's so just like sad to look back and think that my answer was to move my body. Yes, exactly what you said, but in a way I disliked. Because I right. thought the more I stayed in this self-loathing, dislike-myself cycle, the better because it gave me a distraction. It was a way mm-hmm. to cope. It was a way to work on myself. And as long as it felt like I was changing myself and to fit into society standards, I'd be moving in the right direction. Whereas the power of moving my body in a way that actually feels good is so much more enriching. And there was a period where I was like, what do I like? How do I want to move? And then I would still do things that were like – Like, say I'm coming out of this weightlifting cycle that wasn't really positive for me because I was doing it to change my body, and then I I glided into another kind of exercise that was in the right direction, but not Mm -hmm. quite there yet, still along the same guidelines of I have to do this many sets or this reps or do some kind of heavy lifting, and and then I eventually glided out of that into something a little more in the right direction, and Mm -hmm. now I'm at the point where I know if I want to take a walk instead of doing anything else or if my self-love is just to like, you know, sit on the ground and do some stretching, but I uh-huh. do know whatever it is, it's going to be something that really I do enjoy. And that is a non-negotiable for me as I do things only that I enjoy. Cause I feel the power within that. When I, when I'm done doing that, I feel so much better, even if it's just a walk, than if I were to do a one hour CrossFit class, if that's not where I where it would lead me in the right kind of headspace, that's mm-hmm. really not beneficial at all. Sure I'm I'm burning calories and I'm really intensely like shaping my arms and all this stuff, but like mentally if it's not helping me in there, which is like so <laughs> important to me is the mind, then it's useless. It's if anything, it's pulling me down farther. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I love that. I love that advice is just being able to find things that a way to move your body and feed your body, feed your body in a way that makes you feel good, you know, makes you feel good. There's nothing wrong with eating emotionally as long as you're aware of what you're doing
1: and mm-hmm. how this food's making you feel. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's all connected and anyone that just tries to work on like spiritual self or mental mindset and, and not the other things, like you're doing it wrong because you have to look at it holistically because it is all connected. Mind, body, soul, it's all connected. So if you start to work on improving one area of your life, don't let yourself slack on the other work on all of it cohesively. And you will rise up at a much faster rate than if you were to just work on one part at a time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. I was reading one of your blog posts. I love it. It was talking about um, self love myths. Mm -hmm. And one of them is uh, one of the myths was self love allows you to feel happiness all the time. Mm-hmm. And that I've, I've realized that people do believe that is like when they get in their darker days and they're upset, it's like, they feel like they're relapsing. And it makes mm-hmm. me sad because like, we're all human. Like that's part of the spectrum of emotions. If you can't feel sadness, then you can't feel true happiness. Like they're, it's just all a part of being a human. So some days when you're in these sad days, you can do the actions of moving your body, feeding yourself in a way that feels good. Uh, calling a friend, going to a movie by yourself. But at the same time, you simultaneously allow
1: yourself to feel what you're feeling to the fullest, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to honor what you're feeling and, and acknowledge it. I think where the problem lies is when people resist when you resist an emotion because you feel like you shouldn't be feeling it or you you don't want to feel sad or you don't want to feel angry, all you're doing is shoving it under a rug and it's going to manifest itself in some way shape or form in your life and whether that's like a physical ailment or you bursting out at you know a totally unexpected time, like it's going to manifest somewhere. So instead of resisting what you're feeling, let it come out. Because when you let feelings come out and just express through your body and come out of your mind and not hold it trapped, it will pass. You know, if you think about babies or or children, when they're upset, they don't stay upset forever. It passes. Eventually it passes. And that's the same way. We're just built that way. So happiness, sadness, anger, all these things are emotions There's no good or bad. Yes, we want to stay in a happier state of mind, but you can always get yourself back into that happier state of mind. That's the, so that's not the issue. When you feel upset, honor what you're feeling, feel what you're feeling and then do what you need to do to get back into that happier state of mind.
0: Mm -hmm. And even like what you do and what I do is turning those, those struggles into strengths because Mm -hmm. now like this is how I see it. Whenever I have a bad day because of XYZ, I'm like, this would make a great blog post. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, this is new content for a video. This is something I can share with people because I know someone else out there is feeling this exact same way today. So I kind of get a little giddy when something doesn't go according to plan because I'm like, oh, I I can write about this. I can share this. And that's the coolest thing about the, the world we live in today with technology and ways to share, like, even if you don't have a following, you don't have an online business, hop on Facebook live and share what's going on with you and see how that makes you feel. Because I bet you anything that will be a new favorite for people of just a way to have increase their self-like, because then they see that power of helping people and being vulnerable. And- <laughs> that feels amazing. Just being vulnerable with, with is watching. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. All right. So before we head to the quick fire round, I want to ask you about some of your routines, like your morning routine and what you like to do to start your day, because you're constantly working on that, um, self care as well. So what are some of the non-negotiables in your day? Things that you do to, to just get in your, your groove.
1: Okay. So I'll start off by saying I have non-negotiables, but the, I do mess up sometimes where I don't do it. Okay. So I want (laughs) to flat out just say that and speak my authentic truth Mm -hmm. that that's what happens because I'm human. And on those days when I forget my non-negotiables or I just skip, I feel like absolute crap. Okay. So my (laughs) non-negotiables are spending time with myself each and every single morning. So most of the time I aim for about like 90 minutes and that includes my workout Sometimes if there's a not enough time, then I'll shorten it to like 20 to 30 minutes. but the non-negotiables are like sitting in silence so in meditation, journaling, I use um, the five minute journal, which is like absolutely amazing. and then um, some sort of body movement. So I work out you know four days a week and on the days where I don't work out, I'll do something at home just to move my body. so even if it's that, it's just like stretching, or um, dancing, <laughs> anything to move my body. It just gets me. It it feels like it shakes up my energy in the morning. So that's what I aim to do each and every single day. And like I said, when I skip that, I feel like absolute crap. And you know, I really do get back on it the next day. <laughs> you start to when you get on these routines or these rituals. And you make a habit out of it, it starts to feel super good. And on those days where you miss it, you realize, like, what a difference it's actually making in your life. So so for me, the meditation is important because it helps calm my mind. And for someone with anxiety, it's so important to just give yourself that space to enter your day with a very calm, peaceful mind. And then the movement, like I said, to to move my energy around. And then the journaling is really to set an intention for the day.
0: Mm, Yep. They sound very similar to mine. And I I started with so much resistance against the meditation. And I've talked about this on the podcast, I think for the past, like two, three episodes, Uh um, just talking about starting it because it's pretty new in my life. Like I've done it, but it was never really like, I've got to do this every morning. Right. I've been do it. And all of a sudden I've been, (laughs) I've been do it. I've been doing it. And all of a sudden, Like, seriously, I feel like it happened overnight. It didn't, but I feel like it happened overnight where now Uh I really love it and I look forward to it. And I hop out of bed. I generally, I'll go brush my teeth, maybe even have breakfast just so that's Uh taken care of. And I'm not thinking about that during the time, but then I'll get back in bed and I'll do like my meditation, my journaling, about 30 minutes. And man, it just makes such a difference because then those thoughts, whatever I was writing about or uh, doing in my meditation carry on with me the whole day, all day long. Yes.
1: On. It's yeah. amazing. It's like you can choose to have anxiety and that rushed feeling carry with you, carry throughout the day, or you could choose to have like peace and happiness. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I feel like everyone listening to this show in particular can relate to that. Like we're a lot of um, anxious Amy's over here. Yeah. So <laughs> just do it. Try it. Like make a commitment to yourself to do some sort of, guided meditation if you want to do that for like a week and maybe actually I would say like two and a half weeks because it really takes more time in my opinion to get looking forward to it and then yeah reconvene at the end and see how that how it made you feel how it changed your outlook for the day
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree.
0: So before we head on over to quick fire round time, where can people find you and connect with you online? I will have the links on the show notes, but for everyone just listening and
1: they want to check it out at their computer, where can they find you? Um, my website is a great place to start. So it's triple W dot I a M R U dot B Y. You can also connect with me on Facebook, facebook.com slash I am Ruby or Instagram at, and Twitter at I am Ruby. And if you are interested in up-leveling your self-love, I invite you to join me in my private Facebook group. It's the self-love tribe. So it's just facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the self-love tribe.
0: Awesome. Again, I'll have all those links on the show notes. Okay. Quick fire rounds. Three words to describe you
1: happy, loving, and supportive. Beach or mountains? Ooh, that's a tough
0: one. I will pick beach. What's your favorite color? Pink. <laughs> <laughs> What's your spirit animal? A unicorn. Oh, yes. <laughs> A pink unicorn. Um, <laughs> what is a must-read book? The Four Agreements. Oh, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. If you could interview anybody, who would it be? Oh, gosh, Oprah. I would love mm-hmm. to interview her. A good one. <laughs> Best movie you've watched in the past month?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Because um, I haven't really watched anything that great in the last month. Um, you can do the
0: past year, okay? <laughs> the
1: past year. <sighs> you really stumped me with that one. This
0: gets everyone, and it's so funny to me because, like, I am a huge movie buff. Like, I've watched probably five movies in the past week, and I'm really starting to notice how few movies other people watch. Because this question is always so tough for people. It makes me feel funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I love movies and I, we watch them all the time. And I think that's why I have trouble picking one. Okay. I hope that's it. That's totally, okay. Just pick pick anything you like. What's something we should, we should watch. Um, okay. This is going to sound really funny, but, um, so I am a huge comic book fan underneath all of this stuff. I love comic books. I love Everything comic book related. And I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh,
0: did not expect that from you. But that's amazing. I love surprises. <laughs>
1: I thought you'd like that.
0: <laughs> that's great. Um, well, just so you know, I know, I know my followers already know this, but I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Like, Oh, my God. I, I don't know if you, you should check it out. I posted a picture on my Facebook of me with my um, elven ears from, like, fourth grade. It's really hilarious. I have braces. I can tag you on it so you can see it because I just want want to give you a laugh.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see it. (laughs) Lord of the Rings is really, like, one of the best out there. Oh, the best. Yeah. The best.
0: Oh, oh, this is a good question. Um, If you had a dinner party with three people, who would be invited?
1: Oh, okay. Brene Brown,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Oprah Winfrey, and Tony Robbins.
0: Oh, gosh. That's a good (laughs) dinner party. Now I just want to
1: host it. Okay. What would you
0: be eating? What would be like the main course and then the dessert?
1: Well, I would cook Indian food from scratch. Oh, naturally. You yes. have to. So, yeah. And
0: what, what Indian food dessert would you make?
1: Um, I would make, um, it's like a coconut ma- milk based ice cream. Oh, yes. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> Can I come? I want to come. <laughs> yes. Okay. Next question. Um frozen yogurt gelato or ice
1: cream vegan ice cream
0: okay that's a yeah that's a way better choice (gasps) i should add that (laughs) vegan or a gluten-free or a coconut based or a soy milk based yeah okay um what's a piece of clothing makeup or accessory that just like brightens your whole day
1: my crystal
0: Mm, yes what's the next country on your bucket list to visit
1: Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, I'll I'll just name one, but there's honestly like 20. Mauritius. Where is that? (laughs) (laughs) It's just off the tip of Africa. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful island. Oh, wow. I've never
0: even heard of that. That's amazing. I'll have to look it up. Mm -hmm. What is a fear you've faced and have grown from?
1: Um, the fear of playing big, mm-hmm. definitely something that I've grown out of in the, in the last couple of years. Currently, what's your favorite, like everyday meal? My favorite everyday meal. I think it's going to have to be a favorite everyday, like a staple food and that's rice. Oh yeah. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I have to have rice like every yes. day.
0: Yes. Rice cooker is my best friend. Oh, me too. (laughs) What makes your life exceptional?
1: Uh, It it has to really be me striving to be better with each day. So whatever that looks like in each and every single day. But it's the constant momentum Mm
0: -hmm. of
1: moving forward.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So much growth. I love it. Ruby, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I love talking about stuff, love, and I feel like there's so many just beautiful tidbits of information that we gained from you today. And I hope everyone joins your Facebook tribe, checks out out all of your links, um, signs up for all the goodies. You just have so much valuable insight. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for
1: having me.
0: All right, everyone. Like I said, go over to uh, the show notes for this. This is episode 116. Check out her links while you're there. If you haven't signed up for my free course, Surrender to Your Greatness, sign up for that. It's a five-part lesson plan. Would love to hear your thoughts on it. Thank you so much for listening to the show as always. And I'll see you guys next week for another episode.